with an, an understanding of uh, what the time is and understanding where we are. And I know we are growing apostolic legacy and uh, we pray that we are growing spiritually and, and mentally and emotionally and uh, uh, I know we have people watching online and uh, we are apostolic to the core and meaning that we believe in the apostles doctrine and we don't don't um, uh, shun away from the fact that uh, we believe in the infilling of the Holy Ghost with the evidence of speaking in other tongues. We believe that uh, you should be baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ for the remission of your sins. We believe that the presence and spirit of God can live in you. We are kingdom minded. If you were here in the local church, uh, we've been uh, opening up our freezers and our food that we've had and people have been taking that and um, welcome to all of that. We're doing what we can to help people and, and uh, people have given and we've tried to be a blessing to folks through this COVID uh, pandemic that the world is experiencing. Of course, we have a great history here uh, and that means buildings and that means at times repairs and we've been working on the roof and uh, doing some repairs downstairs with carpet and trying to get ready for our kids to come back into the building and, and uh, doing a lot of <coughs> repair work and we appreciate uh, all of you giving and being a part of all of that. So we don't believe that the history of this church is over. We believe we're still producing prayer warriors, uh, missionaries, evangelists, preachers, pastors, teachers, and uh, we believe in uh, that we have to give and, and uh, we have to pray. And so we're going to talk, I, I preached not last week, but the week before about worship and, and how important our worship is. And I know that, uh, as I said, this theme of let's worship the Lord at this present as we're going through, and we're doing that, and you all are worshiping. And I know at times it's uncomfortable to have to even come into church with a mask, and we don't mind. Obviously, you feel comfortable and you want to take it off while you're in here, that's fine, and we're not trying to infringe on anyone, but we are finding our purpose. And I I thought of this because of some verses that I will read and that's why probably a, a subtitle to my message today would be having faith uh, in God or what goes beyond faith. Maybe we'll say that. What goes beyond faith? And that would be really a subtitle. And I was looking at the money that uh, of course we don't like to spend anymore because they say it's dirty and um, yet it has something on it that was started back whenever we were trying, used to have e-purpose unum on the money, but now uh, it switched after communism and uh, our nation declared to make a statement of faith on the money by putting the words what? In God we trust. And it's written on your coins, it's written on your dollars, your $20 bills, your $1 bills, your $5 bills, you know, all of those things in God we trust. Now, unfortunately, the more that I read that, the less I hear that 
in the government. I very rarely hear our politicians making an appeal to trust God in this hour. I very rarely hear someone saying that we should trust the Lord. As a matter of fact, I, what I do here is the credentials of whom I should trust, whether it's uh, Fauci or Trump or, or Burke or Atkins or the COVID test that our governor took Friday morning or Thursday morning and was positive and then he took Thursday night and was negative and then he took Saturday morning or whatever it was. He's now down to one positive, two negatives, and a partridge and a pear tree. <laughs> and I don't know what that means exactly. But if you can't trust the test, and you can't trust the doctors, and then it's money, and you know, did they actually test? And then you hear the stories about people that said they wanted to get tested and filled out the paperwork but then didn't get tested and were sent letters that they were positive and they never even got tested and, and then somebody says, oh, <coughs> you got it. And you're a probable and you're a suspected and you're a, and so then we, you know, and so they say, well, go to this website and read this and you'll find out the truth. And, and uh, I really listen to somebody that's in a medical coat and I don't know whether or not they're really a doctor or not. And they tell me one thing and then they tell me something else and they say that if you wear a mask, you're gonna pass out and you're breathing your own air and it's bad. And then somebody else says it's obvious that masks are good. And then somebody else says, and I, I understand we're all in this place of what do we believe and what do we trust and what do we have faith in? And, you know, do I have faith in the government? Do I have faith in the doctors? Do I have faith and I do I have faith? And what do I know? And my feeling is that you're almost in this shaky ground. And yet that's what the Lord said whenever he wrote in Luke the 8th chapter, when the Son of Man cometh, will he find faith on the earth? Now faith is one thing. And I understand, we say, how many believe on the Lord Jesus Christ? And we would all raise our hands. And yet, it's a different story to really say, I have trust in the Lord. I can believe, believing is easy. But trusting God, <clears throat> you know, the money says, in God we trust. Isn't that ironic? But as long as I have some of that money in my pocket, I'm not trusting God. <laughs> you understand what I'm saying? And most of us know what that means. And you say, well, pastor, are you saying that you should give all of your money away? Well, no, but if you want to give it away, I can tell you we can put it on the roof or we can do something. I, I promise you we can find use for it. I'm not trying to get you to give it all away. But the point is, in God we trust. <clears throat> and yet, Proverbs, the 20th chapter, says in the 6th verse, Most men will proclaim everyone his own goodness, but a faithful man who can find. Who can find somebody that is faithful, that is there, thick or thin, 
whether the good or the bad, whether it, that's, you can tell me how good you are and you can pat my back and hug my neck, but can you be full of faith? Faithful. That's hard to find. Hebrews, we know, is the faith chapter, is in the 11th chapter, and it starts off by saying, now faith is the substance of things, and it uses the word hoped for, el piso. Now faith, and that word faith is pistis, it means believe, trust, having faithfulness, believing, it means to have faith is to believe. To believe. He that cometh to God must what? Believe that he is. And that he is what? A rewarder. Now that first part of believing that he is is one thing. I can do that. I can believe that he exists. But can I believe that he is on my side? And that he is fighting for me. God is fighting for me. God has got my back. God knows where I am. God knows how many hair I have. God's got this under control. And he is a reward. That's trust. That's harder to do. It's easy for me to stand up and say, Oh, I believe in the Lord. But do I trust him when the doctor's report comes back bad? Or when all of a sudden the, everything, the bottom drops out and things change? Do I believe that he is still a rewarder? of those that diligently seek him. So it says, faith is the substance of things hoped for, and that word hope is el piso, or trust for. Faith is the substance of things that we trust for, and the evidence of things not seen. And then it goes on to say, in the sixth verse, but without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those that diligently seek him. And so we realize that there's two parts to this. What goes beyond faith? Just the believing. First of all, obviously you cannot come to God unless you believe he exists, unless you believe God. But the Lord wants to bring you from that believing God to trusting God. And that's a whole different kettle of fish, if you will. That's a whole different sort of understanding. As a matter of fact, in Ephesians, and where I got my title about fulfilling my purpose, starts off, Paul was writing this letter to the church at Ephesus, which of course is a church that's mentioned in the book of Revelation, but as having lost their first love. And he mentions to this church, blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who hath blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ, according as he hath chosen us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before him in love that we should have a love for God and that should inspire us to do what is right and to live holy and to do our best and to try to live blameless. Now you say, well, <clears throat> nobody's going to tell me what to do and then you don't truly love the Lord enough because if you love the Lord enough, you would say, Lord, I want to do whatever makes you happy. I want to be just like you. When a person struggles with, I don't want to have anybody tell me what to do, it's hard for them to be truly in love. 
Because it doesn't take much whenever it's a sick child at 2 o'clock in the morning that says, Mom, I'm thirsty. Huh? That a mother goes, Don't tell me what to do. You don't tell me. I don't have to get you a drink. It's 2 in the morning. No, that's my child. Huh? And so... That's why the Lord said, holy and without blame before him in love, having predestinated us under the adoption of children, not specifically that some are chosen and some are not, not specifically that some are going to live for God and some are not, and you're predestined to live for God. But the Bible says, for God so loved the world, and he wanted to choose all. Many are called and few are chosen. What does that mean? That I have to be the one to respond to the call of God. Now, it's a miracle. I will tell you, it is a miracle that out of all the siblings that my dad had, that he would be the one to choose to live for God. And it's a miracle that uh, when you can go through and find in your own family that you made a choice, or maybe your family didn't make a choice, but when God singles you out and then you say, Lord, I want to choose you, I want to respond to your call, other people can feel that call and ignore it. And so we thank God for his calling and that he did have an adoption of children and that's who we are, adopted by grace and Jesus himself according to the good pleasure of his will, to the praise of the glory of his grace wherein he had made us accepted in the beloved in whom we have redemption through his blood and forgiveness of sin. What a powerful whole powerful set of verses keep reading according to the riches of his grace wherein he hath abounded toward us in all wisdom and prudence having made unknown unto us the mystery of his will according to his good pleasure which he hath purposed in himself according to his good pleasure which he hath purposed in whom in other words the Lord has a purpose for all of us and it's in him. And so if you want to know how to fulfill your purpose, you have to say, Lord, I need to find out what my purpose is from you. And you say, well, what is my purpose? Well, my purpose is to live for him. My purpose is to worship him. My purpose is to praise him. My purpose is to serve him, do what I can for the body. And you say, well, I, I think my purpose is to be a missionary. My purpose is to be a pastor. My purpose is, let me tell you, you will achieve that by serving, praising, worshiping, magnifying, and doing for him. He will open the doors that need to be open. You say, but I want it to be, it can't be what I want it to be. It's got to be what he wants it to be. You say, well, but I thought that by the time I was, Lord, my life is in your hands, not my will. I'll do myself to get ready. I'll do myself to, let me just keep going here. Let, let me, I, I know my time is going. That in the dispensation of the fullness of times, he might gather together in one all things in Christ, both which are in heaven and in earth, even in him in whom also we have obtained an inheritance, being predestined according to the purpose of him who works all things after the counsel of his will. What is the will of God for your life? What is the purpose of your life? 
Keep reading. It's a semicolon. That we should be to the praise of his glory who first trusted. What is the will of God for your life? What is the purpose of your life? Is to trust God. And be to the praise of his glory. That you praise God. That you glorify God. In whom you also trusted. Now that word trust, trusted in verse 12 of Ephesians the first chapter is implied in verse 13. If you read it in Revised Standard or, or even the, some of the old King James Version it will be in italics the second time because it's actually implied in verse 13. Uh, it is uh, only written once in the original text in Greek in verse 12 and it's trusted and it is made up of two Greek words. That is pro-elpizo. You remember I told you elpizo is that hope for, evidence of things that are hoped for, elpizo. But this word is pro-elpizo. And what that means is to trust before. Are you getting this? Before you see evidence of it that I'm trusting. Oh, that's different. You know, we got a little, we got a little exercise that all of us CEOs, uh, you know, go through and we do where we trust one another and our team. And I, you know, I fall back. Anybody ever heard of that? I trust you that you're going to catch me. Well, guess what? You still make sure somebody's standing behind you. And you still make sure that everybody's in on the game. Oh, I trust you. Come on, I'm just going to let go. And Huh? But I'm not doing it right here, right now. Because I don't see anybody behind me. Huh? Now, before I tell anybody... Am I willing to just... Huh? No, you know what I'm talking about? And so, Paul used this word, pro-elpizo. He said that we should be to the praise of his glory who first, before we saw evidence, trusted in Christ. In whom you also, this is the implied one, Trusted after you heard a word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, in whom after that you believed, that's the believe, that's the faith, you were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise. After you believed, you got the seal of the Spirit of Almighty God, which is the earnest of His uh, in redemption, which is the earnest of our inheritance until the redemption of the purchased possession unto what does it say again? The praise of His glory. This is the only place in the New Testament that that, praise, that phrase pro was placed in front of El Pizzo. Now you say, well, what are you saying? Well, what I'm saying is I can believe on the Lord. And I can trust the Lord when things are going good. <laughs> but can I have hope against 
when the doctor's report is bad, can I still have trust? When I'm down to my last two mites, can I walk to the temple and say, I have to give these to God because it's everything that I have and I put it in. Are you saying, Pastor, that you have to give? I'm not taking another offering this morning. Everybody relax. But when there's nothing else to draw from, hope against hope. Paul wrote about it. He didn't use the word elpizo. He used ellipse. And he used it, believe against belief. Whenever he said in Romans 4, 16 through 21, where he said, therefore it is a faith that you might be grabbed by grace that to the end the promise might be made sure to, uh, to all the seed, not only to that which is of the law, but to that which is of the faith of Abraham, who is the father of us all. And he wrote that he believed God and was, that he would quicken the dead and called these things that were not as though they were, who against hope, against faith, against trust, ellipse, believed in ellipse, uh, El Pizzo, it would be El Pizzo, who believed again in hope that he might be the father of many nations according to that which was spoken, so shall thy seed be. And not being weak in faith, considered not the deadness of his own body or the deadness of his wife's body, he staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strong in faith, giving glory, giving glory to God being fully persuaded that what he had promised he was able to perform when it doesn't matter if I'm down to my last breath I still have trust in God I still have faith in God you say well are you saying not to wear a mask? No, I'm saying wear a mask. I'm saying be, do as best we can. Take as many precautions. And I, But let me tell you, my faith is not here. My faith is not. You saying not go to the doctor? No, I'm saying go to the doctor. Are you saying not go? No, I'm saying go to the hospital. I'm saying do everything that you can do to be right and to be cautious and to be a good steward. But what I am saying is my faith is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness my trust is in God well pastor you may have COVID right now you may come down with it tomorrow and that may be true and I may die but I'm going to die trusting that God is able God is able God is able to heal to quicken to touch to deliver I still have faith in God You say, oh, it'll all be over in November. I'm trusting the election. I'm Let me tell you what I'm trusting in. So well, I don't get it. Well, let me, let me give you a good Bible story. And it's one that y'all know about. You, you've studied this story. The word of the Lord. Remember the old prophet by the name of Elijah? And Ahab and Jezebel were just wicked as wicked could be. Remember? 
and Jezebel threatening and Elijah turns to Ahab and says, God's not going to let it rain for three years. Going to shut the heavens up. And boom, it didn't rain. And it got bad. And it got climate change happened for three years, no rain. Three years, no rain. And as time went by, talk about bad climate change. Brooks dried up and things happened. And the Lord came to Elijah and said, go to Zarephath, which belongs to Zidon. Now why that's important, Zarephath lives in Zidon and Zidon is where the Zidonians live and the king of the Zidonians is Elbaal, Ethbaal. And guess who Ethbaal has a child and guess who his little baby girl is? Jezebel, that's right, read it in the 16th chapter. <laughs> so, Ethbal lives in Zidon, and Zarephath is there in Zidon. And Elijah's running from Ahab and Jezebel, and he's living. The Lord tells him to go to her father and her father's town. Now, God, <laughs> did you say go to Zimbabwe? <laughs> Maybe Zaire. Surely not Zarephath. But he goes. And what the Lord says, I've commanded a widow woman there to sustain you. Now, the the Zidonians were descendants of Cain and they were Canaanites. So Elijah goes to Zarephath and when he comes to the gate of the city, first lady he meets is a little widow woman and notice what the Bible says, gathering sticks and he says to her, go get me a vessel that I can drink. Now we haven't had rain and it's tough and this guy is from Israel and he's not, he's a Jew, he's not a Canaanite and why do I need to talk to you? And, but she, I don't know what had happened, but God had spoken to her or something. And I don't know if it was the conviction in which Elijah just said, get me a drink, that she says, okay. I'll, I'll get you a drink. And he goes a little further. As she was leaving to go get the drink, he said, oh, by the way, I could use a little pancake, a little morsel of bread. Make me a little biscuit, if you will. I would appreciate that. the gall of some people. You know, they sit there until you get up from the table and then they go, while you're up, <laughs> could you get me? Know what I'm talking about? Just irritate the fire out of you. 
while you're gone to get the drink. Oh, by the way, could you bring me a little pancake? That was just a little too far, a little too much. She immediately protested. And she said these words. As the Lord, what's that little word there? Thy God. In other words, I don't even serve your God. It's not my God. I know you're this big servant of God. We've heard all about you. We read it in the Zarephath Times. This guy was shutting up the heavens and I was going to be nice and get you a drink of water because I didn't want to be on your bad side. But as the Lord thy God liveth, I don't have a cake. I have a handful of meal in a barrel and a little oil, a few drops of oil and a cruise. And I'm gathering two sticks. That's not going to make a very big fire, just two little sticks. That I can go and cook a little bit for my son and I and we can die. Eat it and die. And I don't know what it was about the word of Elijah that he had faith in God he had trust in God it took trust for him to go to Zarephath and he knew what God had told him a widow is going to sustain me the Lord didn't tell him who it was going to be or how it was going to be done but he believed what God had said and he said fear not go and do as thou hast said. But first make me a little cake. And bring it to me. And after that. Make one for you. And your son. For thus saith the Lord God of Israel. The barrel of meal shall not waste. And neither shall the cruise of oil. Fail. Until the day. The Lord sends rain. On the earth. And she trusted the word of Elijah because he said it as the word of God. She protested, Elijah promised, and she trusted and acted in faith and obedience, and God performed. What are you saying? I'm saying that between the promises of God and the supernatural fulfillment of God, somebody has got to bridge the gap with faith and trust in God. Somebody has got to say, I believe that the Lord is able to heal to touch, to strengthen. I don't know how. I don't, oh, that's stupid. I don't know what the, I don't care if I'm down to the last few handfuls of grain and the last few drops of oil. My faith is going to stand between a promise and the supernatural performance of Almighty God. Believing in God is not enough to make you 
trust God but when you obey and trust and do it anyway it bridges the gap between the promise and the supernatural what are you saying and I'm telling you we've gotten evidence of this more than once in this church I could go through from Phil to brother to Tim Galoni to brother Rich Vance to being here sitting here to brother Keys to brother Bill what are you saying somebody kept saying Lord you made a promise you made a promise I'm going to keep worshiping until I see the fulfillment of your word you said it in your word I believe it till I die I know I'm getting a hold of the word of God I know what God is able to do I know what God is able to do I go down I may not have anything else left but I'm going to go down trusting in God I trust in God I trust oh her faith release the supernatural you say, oh, what are you talking about? I don't know if Elijah had read what David had written in Psalms 37, where David said, trust in the Lord and do good. So shall thou dwell in the land and verily thou shalt be fed. I don't know if that was what Elijah was holding on to. God said in his word, I've never seen the righteous forsaken or see begging bread. Trust in the Lord. I don't know if it was that he had read what Job had said. Though he slay me, yet will I, what? Trust him. I don't know if it's what was read in Psalms 37 where it said salvation of the righteous is of the Lord. He is their strength in time of trouble and the Lord shall help him, deliver them, deliver them from the wicked, save them. Why? It's not easy to have trust in the middle of the pandemic. And you see folks that haven't made it back to church and folks that are plagued and worried. I understand that. Reminds me of that story, and you've probably all heard it, of Charles Bodine. Bowden, who was a great higher wire actor in the 1800s. He stretched a wire across Niagara Falls. And a little boy said, Charles, I have faith that you can make it. And he said, will you get up in the wheelbarrow? <laughs> I believe, but do I trust? What are you saying, pastor? What I'm saying is, I believe the Lord wants to bring this church and all of us, when he comes back, will he find faith? I believe he wants to find, are we strong in trusting God? 
Oh, but you don't know what's, I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know what the doctor will find this week for me. I don't know what he's going to find for my dad. I don't know what he's going to find for Brother Bill Hitchcock. I don't know what's going to happen to Brother Galoni. I don't know what, but you know what? I have trust in God. I have faith against faith, hope against hope. I don't know what tomorrow, I don't know whether school's going to start, whether we're going to wear masks for the next, but I still know God's able to fill somebody with the Holy Ghost behind a mask. I don't know. Why are you going to have revival? Because my trust is in God. My trust is in God. My faith is in God. He's still able to deliver. He's still able to heal. He's still able to touch. That's the kind of God I serve. In God we trust. The other part of that was, you know, all others pay cash. Right now, as a country and as a world, our economy, everything is being shaken and buffeted. So I told you, I, I looked, no line in front of some of these parks parking lots empty folks and that'll always be there they'll always have fun there in Disney they're losing 37, 38 million dollars a day restaurants half the chairs taken and turned upside down my faith is in the election. When November gets here, it's going to be all right. When we get a vaccine, everything's going to be okay. I want to tell you something. I, I'm not sure it's going to ever go back to okay because I believe the Lord is shaking everything to see are you still going to trust me? I can put this on, but my faith is not in this. My faith is in God. I can come into the house of the Lord. My faith is still in the presence of Almighty God. If I'm watching online, I don't care what anybody else, I'm going to begin to praise and magnify the Lord and let the Holy Ghost flow through me. Why? Because when you're down to your very end, that's when God shows up with the impossible. And there are stories. I could go through this room. I could talk to you about Brother Tim reaching a point of hopelessness, helplessness. And I didn't have anything to trust in. My wife, my pastor, the prayers of the church kept me. Huh? What are you doing? My hope goes inside the veil. I'm going to hope in God. Though the storms rage, though I, we're going to come, we're going to worship God. I don't care if I have to stay six feet away from that. I'm going to praise God. My hope is built in God. My hope is built in God. My trust is built in God. If I'm down. And what's amazing is and it frustrates me because I wanted the barrel to fill.
I wanted the crews to bust open. But the Lord never did that. Give us this day our every day. You think I used the last of it last night? We had a real big pancake last night. I don't know if there's anything left. She would peek over into the barrel, bounce it on its side, and lo and behold, here's another handful. <laughs> she grabbed the cruise, sprinkled out. <laughs> I think I used the last drop yesterday, but oh no, there was a few more drops to take. <laughs> what are you saying? I don't know why the Lord doesn't just immediately fill the barrel and fill the cruise, but what I do know is every day I'm going to trust Him. Every day I'm going to praise Him. Every day I'm going to worship Him. Every day.